Welcome to the SLP Talk Show. Real talk with Carrie about stuff that really matters. Hey, it's Carrie, your fast-talking, speech-therapy-loving host. While you are driving, cleaning, exercising, or whatever it is you do while listening to podcasts, I'm going to be chatting about pediatric speech therapy stuff. But I don't want our time together to feel like work or be boring. You already work enough, and you already have enough boring stuff to do in your life. So let's get going and have some fun. Hi, and welcome to another episode of SLP Talk Show. This is episode number 27. I am Carrie, and I am here with the fabulous, the amazing, the one and only, Jim. It's a me. It's Jim. <laughs> it's Jim. It's the husband. It's the partner extraordinaire in business. Yes. That's us. Yes. That's me. So we have um, an interesting topic today, but before we get started, I think we have to just do a very quick game of chump or champ. Okay. Are you feeling Let's, it today? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm feeling good. Feeling, feeling good like you're going to be a champ today, right? Yep. Here's how this works in case you're new to SLP Talk Show. Uh, I am going to read four questions, trivia questions, to Jim, and he is going to try to get four out of four. And if he does, he is a champ. And if he doesn't, he is a chump. chump. <laughs> yep. I think I've been chump more champ That's all as right. of late. That's all so. right. Because if I were the one answering questions, I would be a chump every single time. So at least you're a champ sometimes. Yes. You've got that going for you. Yes. <laughs> Which is nice. Okay, here we go, Jim. Question number one. Which is longer, the Great Wall of China or the Trans-Siberian Railway? I'm going to go with the railway. You are correct. 5,772 miles long. The Great Wall of China, 5,550 oh, miles It was a lot long. closer than I thought. <laughs> wow. All right. What countries is Scandinavia composed of? Uh, I'm going to say it's Sweden, Finland... Uh, Norway, and Denmark. One too many. Oh. There's only three. Oh. Just so you, you would take out Minus Finland. Denmark. No, oh, Finland's no, not? Denmark. Sweden, Denmark, and Norway, according to this. You think that's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going right. to file a protest. Okay, we'll, we'll Google that one and we'll okay. see. I don't yes. I don't like check the, the okay, accuracy. Okay, so let's, let's give me a maybe on that one. A maybe? Because I've never heard that Finland wasn't a part of Scandinavia. Scandinavia? Yeah. Well, okay then. I don't know. Here okay. we go. Third question. What was the profession of Florence Nightingale? Um, she was a nurse. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And your fourth and final question. What country gave the Statue of Liberty to the United States? That would be France. Yes. So you so know I'm gonna file a protest. Okay, okay. So we're gonna one. we're gonna give you a going to give you okay. a, a champ on that. You got like 3.5, which when you round up, we're going to say it's four questions. Hey, with the curve. <laughs> with the curve. Yeah. That's right. That's I, I right. Get an a. You did good. <laughs> All right. Or an A minus. I have to tell you, can we you do, know. Can we, can we just go A minus on that We one? could go A minus because speaking of grades, this is okay. totally off topic. Yeah. But I've been doing a lot of fantasy football mock drafts, right? And so I've been yeah. getting a lot of grades. <laughs> 
lately. So I haven't thought about grades in a long time um, since I've been in school for a long time. Do you time. feel the grading is accurate? You know, I just, I, I guess I have to say yes. Um, it's you been do? Okay. okay. Yeah, I think it's okay. I get a lot of A minuses and B pluses, which kind of mirrors how I was in school. So well, okay I will tell you that I've gotten grades after my real drafts uh-huh. that have been like C plus and I win the league. And you win the league. So the, the drafts don't really matter. Well, the... It's, I mean the mock drafts. It, it, it does. It helps you prepare. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that's the way it's going to go because right. the great equalizer is... I know. Don't tell me. The yeah. great equalizer in fantasy football is injuries. Injuries. See, I listen to you. Yeah. I listen to you. I know. I'm excited. We're going to do our draft in a few days. So and, you know, excited. head-to-head against people. Yep. You can... You can Anything just win can ugly happen. sometimes, yep. you know. That's the way we do it, in, especially Iowa football. We, Iowa football. Mm-hmm. We win ugly. So. All right, here we go. So we are going to talk about stuff related to raising kids. Oh, we're not going to talk therapy. about fantasy football? No, we're, we're done talking about fantasy football. Oh, okay. Although I am excited about it because <laughs> I love fall. I love football. Okay. Um, so anyways, yes. we are going to uh, talk about some school stuff and this is a pretty exciting day for us uh because well not just for us i mean it's a really exciting day for our son yeah because today was aaron's last first day of school i know i'm Isn't so that proud crazy of him. i mean i just can't even put into words i know so he is a senior and he got on the bus at like 6 33 this morning and he was raring to go yep. and it was just awesome. So since we're kind of all in school mode, uh, if you have your own kids or if you work in schools, mm-hmm. uh, so we're all kind of getting back into that school routine. And so I thought this would be a good time to maybe talk about after school emotional buildup. Mm-hmm. And there is um, kind of a technical uh, a term for this. Um, it's called after school restraint collapse which i don't know exactly it was coined by andrea nair who's a former teacher and psychotherapist in Wait, Ontario, say that Canada. one more time it's called after school restraint collapse so i don't know uh, why as has what has after what what are you what, okay. what are you saying? i was trying to see if it was an acronym oh it's not an acronym no it's just after school i was like what 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 word are you saying no 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 so anyways it doesn't matter what that's called it's just really about this after school emotional buildup and so what happens for a lot of kids um is that uh they come home from school and it's been a long day because when you think about it going to school whether it's daycare or you know if you go to actual school mm-hmm. it's kind of like your full-time job yeah. right you're there all day long and so after this quote-unquote full-time job the child you know while they're there they're expected to obviously follow directions they have to be on their best behavior and they have to in essence hold it together all day long and that can be exhausting for Mm -hmm. especially children you know who don't have fully developed uh, nervous systems yet so when the child finally does arrive home after hours of holding it all together they get home and sometimes they fall apart and so uh, oftentimes the child is described by teachers at school as being quote unquote so good right oh he's so good so well behaved you know we don't have any issues at school but this child comes home and is like Oscar the Grouch. I mean, the child is rude and whiny and picking fights with siblings and overly emotional. And the child is fussing and crying and yelling. And there's fights between parents and the child over chores and homework. And so I thought it would be helpful 
for us to maybe first talk about why is this happening, right? Why are they doing so well at school? And then they come home and parents are like, I don't even really like this child who just walked through the door. I don't like their behavior, you know, what's happening. So why is this emotional uh, buildup happening? And then what are some strategies for parents and and families to kind of think about uh, trying? So let's start with the why. Uh, Some possible reasons why this emotional buildup and release, if you will, is happening. One way to think about it is that the child's self-regulation bucket is on empty, Mm -hmm. right? Their tank is empty. Because think about, you know, if you have to go to work all day and uh, there are times when it is just stressful, right? It is exhausting. And it's that way for them at school too. Yeah, absolutely. So their their self-regulation bucket is empty, okay? They have nothing left. Mm -hmm. So another thing to think about is that when it comes to sensory input, there is a cumulative effect. So what I mean by that is a lot of times our kids who have sensory differences, okay, who maybe have the tendency to get overwhelmed by excessive amounts of sensory input, because it's a cumulative effect, sometimes our sensory kiddos can hold it together in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then by afternoon, uh, they are struggling more and more to hold it together. So it's almost like... They, they hold it, they hold it, they hold it, and then they get home and there has to be a release, right? right. There literally has to be a release point. And so um, by the time that child arrives home, I think it's fair to say their nervous system is completely overloaded. So not only have they had a long day, stressful day, lots of demands placed on them, lots of um, requirements to be compliant, to follow directions, mm-hmm. to sit still, you know, all of these things that are expected, but also think about that final bus ride for some kids kids, you know, if they are riding the bus home, that is overwhelming in and of itself. Mm -hmm. If the child um, is anything like me, because I've talked a little bit, I think, before about some of my sensory differences, but my vestibular um, sensory system, I'm very... um, over-responsive in that sense. So I get easily car sick. So for me, riding a bus, I get nauseous, I get sick. I mean, I just, I get a headache, the world spins. So you think about some of our kiddos who maybe have to ride the bus, because that's the only option there is. If they have over-responsivity in that vestibular sense, they too may be getting, feeling car sick, uh, emotion sickness. So that's certainly not going to help. But just think about the the noise on a bus, right? Right. Think about all the bumps in the road. And, you know, it's not exactly like a a smooth ride. And some of our kids are on the bus for up to an hour. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right after a long day, then you it's like sitting in traffic, right? If you're an adult and you have to come home from work and you have to sit in, in rush hour traffic. So we've got all of that. I also want you to think about the fact that the child may be, overly hungry or as we would call it angry right so uh i always was yeah i don't function very well when i'm overly hungry right i get Mm -hmm. irritable i'm short with people i'm pretty snarky you know um jim you know that quite well because you know i have to eat like every two hours or i don't function very (laughs) well uh so we also have to understand that some of our kids especially those who have sensory differences they maybe haven't eaten a lot during the day if they Mm -hmm. don't take their own lunch if they like eat you know hot lunch at school and maybe the food wasn't their favorite. Um, sometimes our kids just... Isn't there more choices now, though, than you know, like I think when there we were are. kids? I think there are more choices, but our son won't eat hot lunch. No. I mean, he. If, so if for some reason, if we said, sorry, it's you know, you need to, it's an, I don't think he would eat much. I really don't, because yeah. he's not adventurous. He is not an adventurous eater. So um, when you um, are 
in need of predictability and you're not given that predictability, sometimes you just don't function very well. So I think that all of those things have to be considered. So by the time the child arrives home, their nervous system is overloaded, they're extremely hungry, they're overwhelmed, they're tired, their Mm -hmm. bucket is empty. And here's what, as parents, it's really important to understand is that kids tend to let it out in the environment where they feel safest and most loved. Mm -hmm. So while it is hard, right, that we have to be the ones that take that, it's important to recognize that they often don't let it out at school because that's not where they feel the safest. So they come home and there is this release because I know there's going to be unconditional love here. Yes, Jim's raising his hand. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Do you think that some of the anxiety that's, that's being built up in school is because of fewer breaks or less recess and stuff like that, you know, because I, I remember when I was in school, I had fun. You enjoyed school. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at, and, but we had a lot of recess too. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I don't know if, if the curriculum has changed to the point to where they just maybe don't have enough time to do Mm -hmm. those sort of things because they have all the testing and everything else that they have to do to get through in the day. And then it feels more like you're going to work than going to school. Right. You know, I would have to agree with that completely. Uh, Because when I was in school, I don't remember school being stressful. I don't remember it being an issue. I loved going to school. We also didn't have homework in elementary school. I don't remember one time having homework in elementary school. So for me, coming home, I mean, going to school was was not stressful. I grew up in an era, well, so did you. I mean, we grew up in the 1970s. That's when Mm -hmm. we were kids. And we, I mean, I don't know about you, but I I had three recess a day. I had a morning recess, a lunch recess, and an afternoon recess. So in my seven-hour school day, 90 minutes of that was spent in child-directed free play outdoors. Right. With your friends. Yeah, with your friends. And you know, um, I, I have said this in, in many seminars that I've presented uh, that children dysregulate in the classroom and they self-regulate on the playground. So as we take away play, as we take away recess, mm-hmm. as we take away these um, important um, uh, times for children to self-regulate, then yes, I think school has become a more stressful environment. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of kids who don't like going to school and I'm talking about young kids, you know, very young kids. So yeah, I think that's, that's a, a big component of that as well. The last thing I will say about why these um, emotional buildups after school may happen is that for some kids, I'm not going to say this is for all kids, but for some kids, school is highly structured. You know, they do the same thing the exact same time every day. And sometimes when they get home, the home environment is often much less structured than Mm -hmm. school. So for children who thrive on structure, who thrive on predictability, sometimes they can hold it together better at school because they know what's coming. And then they get home and if there's a lot of siblings or if the home environment is just a little more chaotic, which sometimes home is, maybe some children are just not handling it as well. Mm -hmm. So those are, I just wanted to give you a variety of reasons. There might be others, but those are some of the things. So if your child is able to hold it together at school and then melts down, you know, after arriving home, here are some strategies that I'd like you guys to consider. Number one, is respect and acknowledge that this is a meltdown. We're not going to call it a tantrum, okay? This isn't something the child is doing in an effort to try to manipulate or upset you. This is reflexive, right? This is um, the nervous system that is overwhelmed. So the child's having a meltdown, and we need to recognize this as a signal that the day was overwhelming for the child. Okay. Right. So it's it's um you know behavior is communication, right. and so when the child has this behavior, we need to recognize it as uh, you know an overwhelming day. The second strategy: provide a supportive, welcoming environment. So let the child 
know that you are happy to see them, but please don't pepper them with questions. How how was school today? Um, who'd you sit with at lunch? How'd you do on that quiz? You know, if you start peppering, you know, them mm-hmm. with questions, the minute they walk through the front door, that can literally um, cause them to flip their lid and kind of go into you know that mode of you know where I'm just gonna be um, snarky with you and I'm gonna be you know defiant and I'm gonna be rude and I'm gonna be whiny and so we don't want to like just have them immediately start you know having to answer questions when um, they first walk in the front door. The third thing, and this I know is easier said than done, but we need to reduce expectations immediately after school. And what I mean by that is sometimes kids get home and there's a rule that you have to do your homework right away. Right. Well, here's the thing. I mean, after you've been at school all day, you know, you're overwhelmed, you're stressed, the thought of having to sit down and do more schoolwork right. will literally just send some kids, you know, uh, yeah. into orbit. And so it'd be like if you came home from work, you know, you worked eight hours, you spent an hour in, in, in traffic, and then if you had, let's say, a report you had to write, you know, or there was some kind of billing you had to do or whatever yeah. for work, you probably wouldn't do it the second you walked in the door. No. I mean, most of us are like, I'm going to change my clothes, I'm going to relax a little bit, I'm going right. to get something to eat, I'm going to... Maybe after dinner, you know, I'll, I'll think about doing that evening work. So I think it's important that we don't, um, you know, force homework right away. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the reasons we often force homework is because kids are so overscheduled after school so they've got all these um appointments you know maybe um they they have lessons maybe it's piano lessons or violin lessons but then there's always all these sports you know so we've got to go to karate and we've got to go to soccer practice and yeah we've got dance and we've got gymnastics and you know so there's and and a lot of times obviously some of our kids have therapy after school too Mm -hmm. right so you talk about they've already had their full full-time job right they've already been at their full-time job all day and now we're gonna have to hurry up get your homework done so we can go to soccer practice then we have to go to you know dance or karate or whatever after that then you have to come home finish your homework read for 20 minutes take a bath I mean good grief you know and I'm yeah. talking little kids I mean I'm not right. just talking like high schoolers you know no. I'm talking about uh, younger kids as well so please as much as possible Reduce expectations after school related to how much conversation you're going to require the child to have, how, you know, when they're going to do their homework, chores. Maybe chores aren't done immediately after school. Again, you mm-hmm. and I don't walk in after work and be like, oh, I'm going to throw the laundry in. I'm going to just do it this second. You know, yeah. you walk in the front door. You know, you're not thinking about it. I better vacuum right now. You know, oh, I better. No, that's not how most of us work. So we want to be uh, thoughtful, you know, in when chores are done. Um, think about how many sports your child is in, how many lessons they have to take uh, and really make sure that you don't have your child overscheduled. We live in a society that kind of, I don't know, has an expectation that as parents we should raise productively scheduled children. Yeah. Right? That they should be in yeah. everything. And, and I, I think it's I think it's overdone. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's a little bit of keeping up with the Joneses Absolutely. going on there. I, mm-hmm. I think that, oh, well, little Susie is in uh, she has, she plays piano. She's, uh, she, she's in dance. She plays soccer. She's got all these things going on and it keeps her scheduled and, and she, look how happy she is. Is she that happy? I agree completely. So just to give you our, not that our situation is, you know, right. There's no right or wrong way to parent children, but when our daughters were younger, mm-hmm. uh, they are, our family kind of 
rule was you can play one sport and you can play one musical instrument. Right. And so Allie played piano, Whitney played guitar, and they both chose softball, right? And right. so we did that because we didn't want to be Uber drivers. You know, we weren't interested in just taking our family time and just spending it, well, dropping yeah. them off at one lesson after another, after another, after another. So I know not all families can do that and not all children only want to be in one sport or play one instrument well, or whatever. Not, they don't have to be a jack of all trades, you know, I mean, that that's part of the, I think, mentality is that, oh, well, one of these things maybe they'll be exceptional at, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe they'll get a scholarship at. Right. That's the big and, push. And I, I think, think I think that is um, a pipe dream for most people, mm-hmm, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, really good athletes don't come along that often. Right. Right. And then when they do, it's self-motivated. Yeah, absolutely. Not externally. Right. Right. So I think um, reducing expectations immediately after school can be a really important thing, you know, to decide as a family. Uh, Another strategy is to offer a calming environment to help your child unwind, decompress, and Mm self-regulate. So maybe don't have the TV blaring, you know, maybe uh, give, make sure in their room they have, you know, if they like a a swing, you know, a cuddle swing can be, or maybe have a, if there's a swing in the backyard, maybe make it part of the routine that when they come home, they can go outside or in the backyard or in their room. Room or wherever it is and figure out what it is that they need right to decompress yeah. you know and I, I think back to my childhood and what did I do to decompress when I got home went and hang, hung out with my friends hung out with your friends yeah, I bet we you played, played basketball, basketball in the backyard I was say shoot free we, throws mm-hmm. we did all kinds of things together I mean we just hung out hung out yeah. being, being yeah. And dumb, I think in general, boys, you know? there's I mean, less hanging out. I think that's, you know, now it's video games. You know, right. kids kind of immediately go to their screen. And while for some kids, screen time may be something they enjoy, we always want to remember that um, they've been on their screens all day at school. So right. it's really important in the digital age to think about balance and mm-hmm. to think about, okay, they're not getting as much recess at school. They're spending an enormous amount of time sitting in front of their Chromebook or their, you know, iPad or whatever it is at school. True. So when they do get home, let's make sure that they get some outdoor time that they get time with friends that they get time to decompress listen to music it doesn't don't don't encourage them to just sit in front of their video games you know because that may not be very regulating but i think trying to force them to go outside probably will have the negative effect right well then we're not going to force any of this it's figuring out what are what is each child's individual needs for decompression you know because we're all going to have something different right um aaron our son actually likes to listen to really loud music i mean really loud (laughs) and i'm always like wow that does not seem calming to me but he just really is calmed by his favorite music right so okay the other thing you can do is please offer a snack you know let's make sure we don't say oh no we're gonna eat dinner in an hour and a half you know if they get home at four o'clock or whatever like spoil your dinner yeah no let them spoil their dinner please give them food make (laughs) sure they're nourished and make sure they're hydrated you know if kids hopefully kids today take a water bottle yeah make sure if they're not taking a water bottle to school ask if they can you know um aaron drinks an entire thing of water every day in his big water bottle. He says he sometimes fills fills it it up. up. Yeah, Yeah, so that makes me really happy. When we were kids, we weren't allowed to have (laughs) water bottles Well, do you remember the line to the drinking fountain? Yep, yep. We'd have to wait in line like multiple times a day to get a drink. Step up on the little Little stool stool to get to it. Oh my gosh. Okay, another thing you can do is offer. Again, not force. We don't force anything. But offer rhythmical swinging, deep pressure, proprioceptive input, do you remember um, 
we have a friend, I won't say names, but their autistic son, he likes inversion. Do you remember yeah. they got one of those? Yep. Can you and even you, think what they're called? It's like you yeah, lay on a... Um, it's like one of those things for your back. Yeah. You yeah, like, so that you, you can um, invert and... I think that's what it is. It's an inversion table or an inversion... Yeah. I, I wish I knew what it was yeah. called. So but, you basically... You put these boots around your heels mm -hmm. and then you flip upside down. Right. And for some kids, I'm not saying all, but for some kids, inversion is really regulating, yeah. right? So I remember yeah. how they said he would come home from school and he would immediately go in his room and use that inversion table. And then he'd be like, come out and he'd be ready to talk and tell about his day. And I always, I'm, I'm kind of afraid of those things. First of all, <laughs> I think the boots are going to break and I'm going to land on my head yeah, or yeah. that I'm going to get stuck there. And, <laughs> and because... And be, help me. Because I have... Over responsivity in the vestibular sense, please understand that don't ever put me on an inversion table. <laughs> Being upside down, this is why I hate roller coasters and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it would make me nauseous. So it's never going to be a calming thing for me. That's why it's about individual needs. Sure. I will tell you, one of the things that is best for my nervous system when I'm overwhelmed is silence. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know that about oh, yeah. me. I mean, we've been married 29 years. You know that for me, um, I, and that's why like when I travel, you know, as a professional speaker, I travel around the country a lot. And after speaking all day and or mm -hmm. traveling all day, when I get to my hotel room, sometimes I know it's kind of freaky, but I just sit in silence, like no right. TV. And sometimes I just need that. Or sometimes I'll go to the hotel bar or whatever. And I don't want to sit by anybody. I don't want to make chit chat with strangers. Like mm -hmm. I've been talking all day, you know? Right. So uh, for me, it's decompression is like more just allowing myself to mentally unwind, right? Not yep. have to force conversation with people. Uh, the next thing I would encourage you to consider is doing something fun together. Mm -hmm. uh, really think about what, what do you and the child, you know, your child like to do? I mean, maybe it's a good time to go for a walk together if that's something you enjoy. Or maybe it's playing Go Fish. Or, you know, maybe it's um, watching funny videos on YouTube. I don't know. Maybe there's something that you mm -hmm. do together that doesn't require a bunch of questioning, conversation, but it's just fun. But right? child directed. But it's child, all child, 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 choice. child, child choice. Yeah. This isn't, again, hey, I want to go on a walk with you let's go it's good for you right. you know that's not i'm not talking about forcing any of this but i'm just saying if there's something fun you and the child like to do yeah. maybe that's the time you do it you yeah. know is after school and then the last thing as far as a strategy that i'm going to recommend um is to try to create maybe a more predictable after school routine mm -hmm. where maybe there's it's the same thing the child comes in they hang their backpack up you have a snack you know they go outside well, you know whatever it is again i don't know what it is but maybe you know it's it's kind of decided that if there is homework or if there's reading to be done that's done after supper so you know right. kind of this thing have supper around the same time and you know there's going to be exceptions maybe if you have soccer practice on tuesdays and thursdays you know your routine will look a little different so go, come home do something fun uh -huh. maybe get a snack you know hang out with your yep. friends if that's what you want uh -huh. to do or hang out in your room or whatever yeah, it is yeah. mm -hmm. and then and then have supper yep. you know do then, your homework yep. that needs to be done yep yep i like that and, i just and think... maybe schools can schedule Less homework. Less homework? Oh, if I ran the world, they're, okay, you know, Please. don't even get me started on that. Um, you know, the, the, the two areas where homework has been shown to be very effective and not just be busy work, because most mm -hmm. homework is just busy work. But for kids in elementary school, it's practicing spelling words has uh -huh. been proven to be beneficial. Memorizing. And um, 
uh, math facts, like if you're learning right. your multiplication tables, things like that. But otherwise, a lot of homework is just busy work. And I'm telling you, our children need downtime and our families need family time. And so when school requires a whole bunch of homework of young children, the problem is it increases stress and anxiety. It causes friction between parent and child because they're trying to manage mm-hmm. how we're going to fit all this in, right, in our overscheduled life. And you have children who never get a break and you have families who don't get to spend time together. Maybe, maybe we should have another podcast um, where... That's what we need. Episode, no, I mean another episode. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying. another podcast. Uh, another episode where you are running the world. Oh, I would like to run. Oh, and then I? you design, oh. you you say what your curriculum okay. would be like. I would love know, to and, run the world, yes. And, and how much would be appropriate versus what's being done right now. I love it. I love it. I love it. I do. I say all the time, if I ran the world, I would do X, Y, and Z. So I like that idea. All right, guys. Well, I hope this was a helpful topic. I think that as school is resuming, you're going to be dealing with this issue more and more. So I hope you found the information helpful. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of SLP Talk Show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a five-star review along with any feedback about other topics that you'd like us to cover in future episodes. As you go back into the real world, please be kind, be accepting of everyone. Get your boobies checked, right? Early detection could save your life. It certainly saved mine. Until we meet again, cheers. Cheers.